This message was presented at the GYC 2017 conference, Arise, in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Good morning. That couldn't have been a better song for this morning's time together. My brother's right. He is definitely an answer to prayer. I'm thankful he got to introduce me. And he's right again. I've been married for all of 18 days. Amen? That is a sweet blessing. I'm happy to be able to share with all of you morning people. How many morning people are in here? Raise your hand. I cannot raise my hand with you. I am not a morning person. But the Lord woke me up early this morning because I believe he has a message to share. And I'm excited to be with you. This morning, I'm going to be preaching from the Bible, okay? And I'm going to be reading a lot of it, so I want you to stay with me. Flip as fast as you can. Help your friend next to you. Don't be embarrassed. If you need help finding a place in the Bible, know that I often rehearse a song whenever I have to go to a place in the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Are you with me? Mahatma Gandhi once said, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, to turn the world upside down, bring peace to a battle-torn planet, but you treat it as though it's nothing more than a piece of literature. The title of this morning's devotional is Not Choosing is a Choice. Let us pray. This morning, Lord, we come to you asking that your Holy Spirit will be our only teacher. I pray that that song that was sung right before this message would be the prayer of my heart. Take my mind, take my mouth. Let it be used for you right now. Lord of myself, I have nothing to offer these people, but you offered them yourself on the cross. So I pray we get a picture of who you are like we've all never seen before. We love you, we miss you, and we cannot wait to see you face to face. In the name of Christ, amen. It wasn't far from here that I was driving on a freeway. Don't ask me what freeway it was. I was driving on a freeway from Phoenix to Flagstaff through Camp Verde. And at the time, this was 2010, I was in a relationship with a man that I shouldn't have been in a, in a relationship with. And as I was driving on this freeway, I had a moment in my life that would forever change the direction of where I was headed. I had heard and learned about the Seventh-day Adventist Church the year before in 2009. But I just couldn't choose to give my heart fully to God. I knew that God was talking to my heart, and I was living a life I shouldn't be. It was on this drive that I heard a still, small voice. It wasn't anything dramatic. It wasn't a fireworks show. It wasn't a neon sign that flashed. It was just a quiet thought that entered into my mind as I was driving on this freeway. Now I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Amen? The Holy Spirit speaks? 
Yes, he does. And the thought that came into my mind was, Lisa, you can go on to be a veterinarian. Go to vet school. You can marry the man you're living with. No, it's not the man I'm currently married to. Hallelujah. He leads our lives. And you can live the life you think that would be best for yourself. Or you can give your heart entirely to me. Still quiet in my car. No one's with me. And the next thought that came into my mind was, but no matter what you choose, Lisa, I'm going to love you the same. But what kind of choice is that? It actually made me kind of angry because here I am sitting in my car and thinking I can choose to live the life the way I've envisioned it. How many of you are planners are thinking 50 years in advance? Newsflash, friends, you only have today, but I'm with you. And I could picture and dream up these fantasies of how my life was supposed to look. And then God's like, or you can give your life entirely to me. Friends, I wouldn't be standing here today if I didn't choose to give my life to God. What kind of choice was that? Yet I knew deep down I had to choose. Shortly after that moment in the car, I broke off the man I was suppo- an engagement to a man I was supposed to marry, one of the hardest things I had ever had to do in my life. Shortly after that moment in the car, I contacted a lady from the Seventh-day Adventist church I very first went to in Clovis, California. I contacted her on Facebook. Amen? The Lord used Facebook. And I messaged her one question. And do you know what my one question was? How on earth does someone choose to live for God and not just choose to live for him, but live for him for 50 years? She kind of chuckled, ha-ha, on Facebook. And her reply, do you know what it was? I'll tell you at the end of the message. Because it's the key inside the key to staying faithful. Go with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 8. As we continue the message, not choosing is a choice. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Are you ready to read the Bible? You can look at me and smile if you're there. Are you happy to be with the Lord today? You're in the right place. 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 1 says, Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Were these good sons of Samuel? They were not following the Lord. Then all the elders in verse 4 of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look! You are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Verse 6. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. What comes after this verse 6 is verse 7, and perhaps, in my opinion, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. The Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, 
that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. I want you guys to see in verse 9 the beauty of the character of God. Amen? In the very act of being rejected, he's beginning to show them what? A warning of mercy. He's forewarning them exactly what kind of king is going to serve over them. You see, God's knowing the future was not God's doing. Amen? Many people are blaming God today, but God's knowing about the future is not what? It's not God's doing. Verse 10, so Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said to them, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. Are you ready for this? He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. Verse 12, he will appoint captains over his thousands, captains over his fifties. He will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give to his officers and servants. He will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, your donkeys, and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. You will crowd in the day because of your king, whom you have what? Chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Friends, if you are the children of Israel in the hearing of the Lord, what would your natural instinct be to say? Just kidding. We don't want a king anymore. Because he's about ready to take everything you own. Friends, don't get it mistaken. The devil wants everything you have. And he will stop at nothing. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we will have a king over us, that we may be like who? All the nations. And that our king may judge us and go before us and fight our battles. Samuel heard all the words of the people. He repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice, make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of the Israel, every man go to his city. Friends, we just read all of 1 Samuel chapter 8. Who was their king before King Saul, the very first king? God was their king. He brought them up out of the land of Egypt. He provided for them manna. He provided for them shelter. He split the Red Sea, folks. But no, no, no. We want a king over us. The next history of the children of Israel is so incredulous. It gets worse and worse and worse. And 16 kings later, guess who's king over Judah? Who knows the 16th king? I didn't know. I had to count. It was Hezekiah. Hezekiah, was, was he good or a bad king? He was a, he was a fairly good king. He made some poor decisions. 
but he wanted to uphold the law of God. Friends, this morning we read this chapter to have a context for the theme verses of this year's GYC. I want to take you to where we'll land for the majority of the rest of our time in Isaiah 59. Take your Bibles, please. Go to Isaiah chapter 59. The book of Isaiah is largely a messianic book. Amen? And the first part is more a book of judgment. Chapters 1 through 39. Chapters 40 to 66, more a book of comfort. Where God lets them know that you're going to go into captivity, but I'm going to show you the redemption you'll get out of that. Literally, friends, he lets them know through the prophet Isaiah over 200 years before they went into Babylonian captivity that not only are you going to become captive, but I'm going to show you the redemption that I'm going to give you. Isaiah chapter 59, though, shows us the condition that the decision to make themselves their own king had led them to. Isaiah chapter 59. Behold, verse 1, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Jump to verse 4. But no one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch viper eggs and weave the spider's webs. He, eats of the egg, he who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of what? Iniquity. In the act of violence is in their hand. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of the peace they have not known, and there is no justice, fairness in their ways. They have made for themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes this shall not know peace. What is the condition of the world? Sounds a lot like the days of Noah, right? Verse 9, therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but what? Do you remember the point in 1 Samuel chapter 8 where he said, you'll cry out to me, but guess what? You made a choice. God's knowing is not God's doing. Verse 14, jump to 14. Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the streets. And equity or fairness cannot enter. So truth fails. And he who departs from evil makes himself what? So basically, at this point, you don't have an option. Unless you choose evil or else you become a prey. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. Friends, even after knowingly rejecting God as their king, the Lord still saw them. And it displeased him that there was no intercessor. It displeased him that there was no justice. And verse 16 says he saw that there was no man. He wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to him. And his own righteousness, it sustained him. 
For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with a zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The close lands he will fully repay. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. Friends, I don't know about you, but when I read chapter 59, I see this horrible people. And I'm so thankful I'm not God. Because these people don't even know right from wrong anymore. They think that the crooked path is a normal path. And the only hope this people had is what? That his own arm brought salvation in. Friends, nothing in us. Chapter 59 is one of the clearest pictures of the actual disposition of you and I. That nothing in us can conjure up righteousness. Nothing in us can find a straight path. Not wearing the right clothes, eating the right things, make you righteous. They're fruits of it. But God said, I can't leave these people alone. Look at verse 20. The Redeemer will come to Zion. Amen? And to those who turn from what? Transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. You see, God made a choice here. But before the beginning of the creation of the world, God had made his choice. You see the history of Israel's choosing. And right here you see the picture of the choice that God had made from the beginning of the foundations of the earth. Go with me to Ephesians. Hold here in 59 and 60. We are going to come back. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. It reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he what? Chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Friends, when did God choose you? He covenanted with you before the foundations of the world. He made a choice that no matter what you choose, I'm going to still love you. No matter how much you reject me, my heart will still yearn for you and seek after you. He said, why will you die, O house of Israel? I can't let you go. How can I forget you, O Israel? Friends, this God of the universe has chosen you. We saw the choice of Israel. We saw the, de- the decision they made to not have a king. And now we see the choice of Christ. 
We see that he chose to hang on a rough wood splintered cross. Don't picture it as some shiny wooden cross that he was on. He chose to have seven inch nails driven through the worst part possible of his wrist. He chose to not just have a crown of thorns that we see often depicted, but a helmet of thorns encasing his entire head. He chose within a few minutes of being on the cross to have thick thick ropes on either wrist stretched so far that his arms were actually dislocated to be nine, not just nine centimeters, but nine inches longer than normal on each side. He chose that? He chose that the position he was in would cause him to slouch on the cross and his lungs would actually eventually, most crucified victims, didn't die right away. It was generally close to three days and their lungs would finally collapse from the position they were in because they couldn't breathe anymore. They could no longer hoist themselves up to take a breath. He chose... One of the most painful tortures ever invented in crucifixion. You know, we get the word excruciating from that. Hebrews 6.6 6 says, every time we sin, we crucify the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. He chose to take our cross and our crown of thorns with full understanding that many of you in this room will never choose him. That's a covenant. That's a commitment. And friends, each one of you in here this morning have a God, has a God who is so committed to you. You don't get it. I don't get it. When he says he will never leave you or forsake you, don't let that verse be so simple. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 21, our scripture reading. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the, from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. But what was the condition as far as seeing all of this take place? You see in verses six, chapter 60, the whole chapter, we actually get a picture of what the redemption of Israel will look like. When you look at the context of Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 60, you're actually seeing a prophecy of captivity to redemption. They're being told exactly what's going to happen. Can you imagine if someone came to you and told you, this is exactly what's going to happen to you. You'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd believe them. But here, God is literally telling the children of Israel, this is exactly what's going to take place. A Messiah then is going to come and redeem you and rescue you. But verse 20 of Isaiah 59, the Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who what? who turn from transgression in Jacob. So he's coming to Zion. Jesus is coming. Amen? But especially for those who choose to turn from transgression in Jacob.
we often talk about, as a church, the freedom to decide, right? Free will. But friends, the clearest definition of choice is the way we see it in Christ. It's not so much the commitment I need to make, but rather, look at the commitment Christ has made to me. Instead of saying, oh, I've got to give my heart to Christ, look at the heart that God in Christ gave to me. Instead of saying, I've got to have devotions, I can say, Look at the God who's so devoted to me. You know the results of those who pick Christ? Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will what? Arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Do you know the rest of verses uh, 4 all the way through 22 in that chapter? God literally tells them what their life can be like if they give it to him. He tells them they will have peace, prosperity, and hope. He tells them, I'm actually going to die, so you will have peace, prosperity, and hope. So I look at the children of Israel and I'm like, surely they're going to pick him. Surely they're going to pick God, right? I mean, he set it up. It's foolproof. But what did the children of Israel do? They definitely didn't pick God. Even after he showed them, they still didn't pick God. I was reading through this, and as I had been studying, I was shaking my head in disgust, thinking, how could you not choose him? Is anyone with me? How could you not pick this God? He gave you everything. But then again, what in the world are you choosing today? You've seen Christ on a cross. You hold a piece of literature That can turn the world upside down, Gandhi said. Bring peace to a battle-torn planet. And you look at it as though it was nothing more than a piece of literature. Friends, you have a stick of dynamite in your hands. Do you believe it? The only way our theme verses for GYC this year, Isaiah 61 through 3, can ever be a reality in our life is because of Isaiah 59, 20 and 21. The Redeemer came. And not only has he come, friends, he's here. He's available to you today. There's a story of a little girl who they found in an abandoned wilderness in India. Apparently her parents had left her and threw her to the animals. And when they found this little girl, they took her to the hospital, began to give her, administer first aid, making sure she was okay. But this little girl acted just like an animal. She refused to lay on a bed. 
She refused to eat from a table or out of a bowl. She wanted to eat off the floor like a dog. And she would do nothing but scream and scratch and kick and hit. We look at that and we're like, that's not, that's not normal. But to this little girl, guess what? That's all she knew is normal. Friends, the life you're living now is not normal. It is not the way that God had wanted life to be. But before the foundation of the world, he chose you. He chose to give you a way out. So I'm guilty because I shake my head in disgust at the children of Israel. But do you know what happens in Revelation 21 and 22? He actually tells us. Not only does he come again, but what it's going to be like when he comes. So the very prophecy that we see in Isaiah 60 and through the rest of the book of Isaiah, friends, you have your revelation of what it's going to be like. Or is this world just too good? One of the most precious yet heartbreaking quotes you'll ever read is found in Christ Object Lessons. It reads in page 318, In heaven it is said by the ministering angels, The ministry which we have been commissioned to perform, we have done. We pressed back the army of evil angels. We sent brightness and light into the souls of men, quickening their memory of the love of God expressed in Jesus. We attracted their eyes to the cross of Christ. Their hearts were deeply moved by a sense of the sin that crucified the Son of God. They were convicted. They saw the steps to be taken in conversion. They felt the power of the gospel. Their hearts were made tender as they saw the sweetness of the love of God. They beheld the beauty of the character of Christ. But with many, it was all in vain. They would not surrender their own habits and character. They would not put off the garments of the earth in order to be clothed with the robe of heaven. Their hearts were given to covetousness. They loved the associations of the world more than they loved their God. Who'd you choose this morning? Who have you chosen this past week? I don't know. I can't read your heart. But there's a God who has chosen you. And he chooses you time and time again. He's made a covenant with you. He's made his choice. Will you make yours today? Because many, in the book Education, it says, think of the result of hastening or hindering the gospel. And when they think of it, they think of it in relation to themselves and to the world. Few think of its relation to God. So, What we are hearing here is that when most people think of the gospel, they think, Jesus died for me. I'm I'm a part of that group, right? And he did. And the gospel must go forward and God must use me. But few stop and think of its relation to God. Few give thought to the suffering that sin has caused our creator. All heaven suffered in Christ's agony, but that suffering did not begin or end with his manifestation in humanity. 
The cross is a revelation to our dull senses that the pain from its very inception, sin brought to the heart of God. Do you guys, I'm going to read that again. Don't miss this point. All heaven suffered in Christ's agony, but that suffering did not begin or end with his manifestation in humanity. The cross is a revelation to our dull senses of the pain that from its very inception, sin has brought to the heart of God. Every departure from the right, every deed of cruelty, every failure of humanity to reach his ideal brings grief to him. But he still chose you from the beginning of the foundation of the world. He still chose you as he died upon a cross, believing that some of you, hopefully all of you, would choose him back. Say, do you want to know what the lady told me? She said, oh, Lisa, I didn't choose to serve God for 50 years. She said, I chose to serve him today. And she said, I wake up every morning and I say one simple thing. Today I choose you for my God. He's already picked you. Guess what he's waiting on? You to pick him. Choose this day who you will serve. Because not choosing friends is a choice. He's made his covenant. He's made his commitment. What are you doing? Where do you stand in relation to God today? Because you know where he stands in relation to you. There's a little boy who two of mine and my husband's mentors foster parented. And if anyone has been a foster parent, they know that that can be a difficult thing because you hear some of the most heartbreaking stories. The wife, the mother of these young foster children told me a story one day. She said, you know, Lisa, the funniest thing, kind of sad happened, but kind of funny. She goes, every Sabbath before we go to church, I take my two young foster children to the church. And right before we go in the sanctuary, we pray because we don't want things to go crazy. She's like, so I'm going to hold their little hands. And as I go to grab their hands, the little boy refuses to give her his hand. He has it balled up in a fist. And she's like closing her eyes, but trying to grab his hand. And she finally just grabs his fist and she prays. Okay. So they're praying, God, help us not to be crazy during the sermon. Help us not to fall asleep. Help us to, you know, hear from the Lord. And she's holding his little hand. And when they get done, she's like, why is your hand balled up in a little fist? And he's like, not letting her see. And the older sister's like, let us see what's in your hand. So finger by finger, they open up this little boy's hand. And do you know what was inside of his hand? Dog food. Dog food was inside of his hand. (laughs) They all had a moment. They started laughing. And then my friend looked at him and said, why do you have dog food in your hand? And he said, in case I got hungry during the sermon. They all started laughing, and then she looks at him and goes, dog food isn't a normal snack. 
I can give you a snack. And the older sister happened at that moment to cut in and said, but that's the snack our grandparents used to give us. Friend, are you eating dog food this morning? Do you think this is normal? Because he thought dog food was a normal snack. I say this with as much love and sincerity, but if you have not decidedly chosen Christ today, you are eating dog food. Because what he has is so much better. The life he gives is a life, John 10.10, more abundant. He came to give life and life more abundant. Arise, my friends. Get out of the dirt and choose God. If you haven't made a decided decision to follow Christ, I assure you, friend, you've chosen dog food. But today, this morning, you have an opportunity to pick between him or the devil. To to pick between the Christ who died on the cross for you or all that the world says it has to offer you. There's no in-between, friends. To not choose is a choice. Friends, if there's a stirring of any kind in your heart, it's like the quote we read. The angels are drawing near and saying to you, will you pick him today? If there's any stirring in your heart, it's because he's asking you to respond to the covenant he's already made with you. He wants you. Do you want him? This call right now isn't for everyone. It's for those who here this morning say, I actually have never publicly picked Christ. For whatever reason, like you, Lisa, in 2009, you couldn't fully choose to give God your heart. But today, you have that option to pick. Because friends, the Bible tells us there's a time where you can pick no more. Not choosing is a choice, and your choice will be decided against him. But this morning, the opportunity is fresh. The blood that Christ shed on the cross is free for you and for me. If you've never picked Christ, it's a bold thing to do. If you want to say, I want to give you a chance... I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I'm here at this GYC convention, never been here before. But I want to see what you have for me. Friends, challenge the Lord. He's got you. If you have never publicly made a decision for Jesus, and you want to make that decision this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand where you're at. Stand and recognize that Jesus, Gave it all for you. The Lord sees you, sister, and it's so precious. Amen, Amen, brother. The Lord wants you. And it's not a simple wanting. It's a want that even if you were to pick, my friends, to no longer choose him, he would still choose you. But maybe you're like the Israelites. And you're back and forth and back and forth, and you're tired of it this morning. And you want to choose him today and say, I am done. I am so done. 
going back and forth, I want to ask you to stand now and say, I'm going to make a public decision that I am tired of going back and forth. This isn't for everyone. It's for those who are saying, today, this morning at GYC, I am sick of playing the fence. I want to give him my whole heart. The Lord sees you, friends. This is a decision between you and Christ. And guess what? Angels in heaven are rejoicing at your decision. Christ is looking down at his people right now and saying, but for these ones, it wasn't in vain. If you're still sitting and you're feeling the Holy Spirit say, stand, stand, friends, don't let his sacrifice be in vain for you this morning. He died to give you a new start. For those who have stood, it's no light decision. But you're running into the arms of a God who picked you first. So you're going to be okay. You don't have to work up righteousness on your own. He's made you righteous through his blood. At this time, I'm going to ask you to come forward so we can have a prayer. Don't be shy. Everyone who is sitting has obviously chosen Christ. Amen? Amen. And they want to support you in your decision to choose him. Come to the front. Come close. Hover in as a family of God. No more back and forth. Amen? No more hot and then cold. Okay, I'll just be lukewarm, right? We are making a decision to follow Christ. Friends, I'm going to ask us to sing a song a cappella. I have decided. Amen. And then we're going to have a closing prayer where I ask you in the quietness of your heart to just repeat after me, saying, I'm going to give Jesus my life today. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. You can still come forward and pick the Lord. Turning Though none may join me. Though none may join me, still I will follow. Though none may join me, decide now. Will you decide now? Friends, start GYC off picking Christ. Some are still coming forward and you can still come. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. At this time, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. In the quietness of your heart, 
I'm going to lead you in a sinner's prayer where you ask God back into your life. And remember, friends, you're just choosing to serve him today. Amen? You're going to wake up in the morning and say, Today, I choose you for my God. Father in heaven, Lord, I know I have most of my life not chosen you. But this morning, I'm standing up here asking that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would cover me in your righteousness, cleanse me in your blood. Please forgive me for looking at your sacrifice so lightly. Forgive me for being like the children of Israel and choosing another king over my life. This morning, that changes, God, between me and you. This morning, I give you my heart afresh. Today, I choose you for my God. No turning back. Thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross for my sins. Thank you for giving me life and life much more abundantly. Please, abide in my heart forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2017 Conference Arise in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.